0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And good morning to you. Welcome to the 21st of September, uh, Friday. Thank God. And um, before we get into all the... I, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Strum and drang? What is that German phrase? Before we get into all the storm and thunder? Is that what that means? I never took German. You know how I if I see something like that in, in written, I know what it means, but I never heard it said. <laughs> so I don't know, but that's what popped into my head. Before we get into all the bleh, uh I, I want to direct you to Google today. And I thank Jonathan uh, for reminding me. Uh, you know, G- Google always has, a, every day they change, is it called their Google Doodle? They change the sigma jig that, you know, you're looking at. And today it's just a wondrous animated. Uh, about a, I don't know, minute and a half tribute to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And it is so lovely. I know Jonathan uh, tweeted something to the effect that, boy, you know, you look at that animation, you just want to dive, you want to be able to jump into that world and stay there. (laughs) It looks so so much the antithesis of of our reality. I want to um, also say that after the show yesterday, I felt like, I felt awful, and I said to somebody, I can't believe anyone would listen to me, you know, ranting like that. And I, I just want to, um, <laughs> who knows, this might end in a rant too. Um, I want to say in as measured a way as I can that for many women, uh, and I am one of them, the events of the Me Too uh, movement, the stories, the, the, a- and, and this, this Anita Hill uh, redux, um, is, well, there's the verb that I don't ever want to use, but is triggering. I think before we knew the word triggering, we used to say dredging up a lot of memories and with those memories anger real rage it is impossible for a man to know what women endure and endured and the past tense especially before there was any awakening that women were in fact (laughs) full human beings and that living in a patriarchal society in our religious lives, in our secular lives, in our home lives, in every way from the day a girl is born, means that our experience is going to be and has been markedly different than a man. And all of this in the last like nine, ten months, whatever it's been, actually sent me back to a therapist for the first time. And I am not going to share with you the events in my life, one in particular that has been dredged up and with the the distance, the time, the maturing of me looking back at this event, all of a sudden seeing it for what it was, much as the woman of the hour, Christine Blasey. I guess it's impossible for men and for women who never somehow experienced anything like this to understand that there was a lot of sexual trauma in a lot of our lives that there was no recourse that we were aware of. You wouldn't tell friends. You wouldn't tell your parents. You wouldn't tell authorities. It wasn't, you didn't know it was even a crime. It was just being a woman. And in fact, as I think I said yesterday, we were programmed to consider it Somehow our fault. Something either we didn't do or something we did. And so, I mean, I can barely sometimes listen to conversation about this because it is maddening in every meaning of the word. It's maddening to me. You know, throughout my um, life, I, I would take most of these events in which I was sexually harassed or assaulted or whatever and make them into funny stories. It's how... I dealt with them. And it's taken me this long to stop laughing. I mean, some of them, to this day, I suppose I'd still maybe tell the funny stuff. I don't know. I don't know is how I dealt with it. Coming to work the first day, my first job in television, walking into an all male newsroom in Madison, Wisconsin, sitting down at my big hunk of an old metal desk, opening the little drawer right here, and seeing appeared to be a used condom and hearing snickers to my left as the guys in the room were watching and waiting I don't remember what I said I probably laughed or said something like a uh, nice try you know just to show pff, no biggie And it wasn't. I don't recall going home and telling my husband about it. The same station going on a weekend day to interview a congressman from California who was in Madison for some reason. And he was a big guy. His his name was Burton. I remember that. And I sat down with him at a table in their dining room of the Edgewater Hotel. My photographer sat up here, and I sat next to the congressman. And uh, the table was a round table with a white tablecloth on it. And I began to interview him, to ask him questions. As I did, and as he responded... His hand (laughs) under the table went right to my thigh and was exploring, shall we say. I did not stop the interview because you didn't do that. (laughs) I just, with one hand, the hand that wasn't holding my mic, started, you know, sort of pushing it away. All this while he and I are on camera, okay? These are the ones I remember. Lawrence Welk. (laughs) Sitting on a couch in his hotel suite. He was giving a concert that night across the street. This was, I think, if I remember correctly, the Sheraton Hotel in Madison across from the arena or the Coliseum, whatever they called it. You see, your memory, you know, certain things, I don't remember when, I don't remember, I think I remember the right place. But all I really remember is the action, the fact that he, too, was at me. And how I went back to the newsroom and said, Jesus, God, I Feel for the McGuire sisters. That was a trio of sisters that were always on the program. For those of you who don't know that, I said se- I couldn't imagine what they had to deal with. All of a sudden, the man that God—it's just—it's an endless litany an endless litany, and some that I'm not going to share with you are much, much worse. And So I walk around in these weeks and months and I am so close to either bursting into tears or wanting to kill. This is in an attempt to explain my anger that I um, showed yesterday. So for everyone who says they don't believe this woman, Understand that there are women all around you for whom that's like sticking a knife in their gut now. She is wholly credible to me. As I said yesterday, she didn't do this to end up as the center of attention. She's just another woman now because we're finally starting to talk, trying to come to terms with a trauma that she buried because I guess that's what good girls did. You didn't want to draw attention to it because, as I said, it was your fault in 2012 when this came out in a therapy session for her and and her husband. It didn't come out because she was trying to take down a powerful man. Came out because she's trying finally to come to terms with her rage, her victimization. And what it had done to her and perhaps her marriage. Her ability to trust men. Her ability to even relax around men. So, I just want to say this is really tough. And I can't imagine what we're in for. And what this poor woman is in for. That's really all I think I have to say. I just... I I vaguely remember screaming yesterday about a reckoning... There's a reckoning coming, you guys. I don't know. (laughs) History doesn't tell us that. History tells us that after this little kerfuffle dies down, that everybody will reassume their positions, and nothing much will have changed. Here's a le- I'm going to re- share with you three letters to the editor today. These are from the New York Times. I am s- this is from a woman in Belfast, Maine. I am 71 years old. Sometimes I forget what I had for dinner last night whether I've taken my vitamins this morning or or a lunch date I've neglected to write in my calendar. Yet I remember every detail of the night I was raped 53 years ago in circumstances similar to what Christine Blasey Ford describes. This week I have been re-triggered by the attacks on her character and credibility. I have no doubt that this has been the case for millions of other survivors of sexual assault as well. Is it any wonder that so many of us wait years before we tell or even take this trauma to our graves? was telling the story the other day of a bunch of women sitting around and saying well this thing happened to me when I was in college and it took me 40 years to realize it was a rape (laughs) I was raped and I cannot tell you how many women are having that same kind of awakening now and here's one I did I did mention yesterday in my rage um, a quote from Lindsey Graham and I'll repeat it for you I'll listen to the lady But we're going to bring this to a close. (laughs) Well, that got this guy riled up, too. And, boy, I so appreciate when men are able to understand how outrageous that remark is. And John Dillon of West Caldwell, New Jersey, says... You quote Senator Lindsey Graham as saying, I'll listen to the lady, but we're going to bring this to a close. Is it even possible for a supposedly intelligent man to talk like this in today's world? How gallant of the senator. How gallant of the senator to agree to listen to the lady. How forceful of him to then put her in her place and state that we're gonna bring this to a close apparently regardless of whatever the lady has to say. And then my third letter that I want to share This also from a man in New Jersey, Hoboken, Walter Kitchell. And boy, I second, third, fourth, and fifth, this man's comment. And here it is. If Judge Brett Kavanaugh is the highly principled person his supporters say he is, why doesn't he himself call for two weeks of investigation for a vote on his nomination, surely he doesn't want to take a seat on the Supreme Court under the same cloud that hung over and still hangs over Justice Clarence Thomas. And I will just double down on that a little bit as well, because... If he didn't do it, why wouldn't he be clamoring more than even she for an investigation? She's the one asking for an investigation. That's not somebody who makes up a story. She's the one who took a polygraph. That's not somebody who is trying to just get in the news. Why wouldn't he say, hey, I'll take your polygraph and I'll raise you one. I'm going to take a polygraph. I'm going to ask the White House to tell the FBI, I want an investigation. I want them talking to everybody and anybody. I want them to even ferret out where this party was because probably they can do that. I want that. Why wouldn't that be what Brett Kavanaugh would say? I'm just saying. <clears throat> you know, when I said um, you know there'll be a reckoning, that's just my my hope, <laughs> my fervent hope. And it's not just women that are sick and tired. It's black people, too, are sick and tired. I mean, imagine living in a reality in which you have to actually create an organization that says is named Black Lives Matter. And then, of course, see that ridiculed and attacked. Women could just as easily say, women's lives matter. And I bring this up because there's this one other item I came across we have a caller. I I have little uh little faith that we're going to be able to hear the caller. Shall we let's give it a shot. Hello caller. Hi. Hi. Has to prove that he didn't do it. So to make her look like she's the one, that has to prove something. He has to. He should have to go in front of the FBI investigation, and he should be a he has, should go under oath and prove that he didn't do it. He's a judge, for God's sake! What the fuck's wrong with those people? He's going to make its decisions. These people are so fucked in the head. I can't stand them anymore. But she doesn't have to prove it. He has to prove it. She's a victim, for God's sake. Take you, uh, see you later. Bye. Thank you. Um, I'd be, um, I could hear him, but not well. And uh, if any of you want to let me, give me some feedback on if you heard him, that would be helpful. Um, all right. No, I was reading the sports section the other day. Hey, by the way, the Browns. (laughs) Cleveland Browns won last night. They got a better record than the Steelers. Well, they're a game ahead of us, but still. Uh, Cleveland won. And you know what? I'm happy. I am. That's a hell of a, yeah, monkey off their back. Right. That's good. Anyway, football. I happened upon this story. And in the story, there's a picture uh, taken at the Hall of Fame, and it is a whole bunch of Hall of Famers. In the picture I'm looking at, I see one white guy and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight black men. Only one is identified as uh, Eric Dickerson. And it says, the caption, Led by Eric Dickerson, several NFL Hall of Famers say they will begin boycotting induction ceremonies. Thank you very much for your... Okay, they couldn't hear. It was a whisper to them. Okay. I mean, you could hear him. I mean, I wasn't doing much better, but you shouldn't have to. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. So... Uh, and I thought, wow, what's this about? And it turns out that there's some of the... Obviously, some of the best players whoever played the game, are now demanding more from the NFL. Or they're saying, we're going to stop being your puppets, your props, when uh, you have your induction ceremony. 21 uh, members of the Hall of Fame signed a, um, a letter that was sent to the commissioner. And I'll just give you some of the names. Jim Brown, Jerry Rice... Joe Namath, Lawrence Taylor, the widow of Reggie White, Marcus Allen, Pittsburgh's own Mel Blunt, Earl Campbell, Richard Dent, Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin, Dion Sanders, okay, Kurt Warner, black and white, mostly black, and they're saying, hey, guess what, guys? We were integral to the creation of the modern NFL, this money-making machine. Last year it generated $14 billion in revenue, and you know what? We're sick and tired of the players not getting their fair share. Now, this won't go anywhere in the public because they'll say, fair share, these guys are getting paid millions. Well, not some of these old guys. They never saw those. Mel Blunt never set, saw money like that. He's dealing with the the after effects of having played football. And they're, they're saying they, wanna, they want stuff. They want uh, health insurance coverage. And I think they should absolutely have that. And they want sh- to share. They want some money. And I think that what you see, and also with the taking, taking a knee, you're seeing these players start to realize their power And that they're just fed up being slaves on the white guy's playing ground. And I know this is a lot more complicated, but I think people who have been marginalized, exploited, whatever are now speaking out and there's so much anger in these populations there is so much rage and yes it's coming at you white guys because this has been your world and i know there are plenty of white guys who struggle and suffer and it's not you think this is my world but by virtue of your gender and your skin color you are still better off anyway the rest of us as i said yesterday have had it up to here well so uh there were 3 um workplace shootings In 24 hours in America yesterday, and we're very proud of that, should be, they barely make the news now because, you know, no more than uh, three or four people, if you count the perps, uh, were killed, you know, in any of them. And that's just, that's really a piddling number. It doesn't rise to the level of news that gets an American's uh, attention. One, one of the shootings was um, at a software company right outside of Madison, Wisconsin, Middleton. I know it well. The other, as you know, just down the road, Fayette County, right here. And the third in uh, Aberdeen, Maryland. And this is the one that stood out because it was a woman. And of all the accounts I've seen, read, and those haven't been a lot, I have, I looked, I mean there's a pretty big story here in the New York Times and I thought, well surely the New York Times will talk about how unusual it is that this was a woman. They did not, nor did any other account. And I'm thinking, that's fascinating. Maybe that means, ladies, we have arrived. We're just like the guys. We can go into workplaces and mow down innocent people and shoot ourselves in the head as our last act. And um, it's not even noted that our our gender... But this is unusual, because I dare you, off the top of your head, <laughs> to name, I can't name one, I know I, there's got to be, to name, if you're really good, to name more than three mass killings <laughs> with a gun done by women. This is a guy's thing. And the fact that none of the none of the reporters saw that that was that was the takeaway yesterday. What? A woman? You know, we uh, the fact that we don't even react is just astonishing. We really don't. Americans go to work, and they don't know if they'll come back home. Americans send their kids to school, and they don't know if they'll come back home. Americans go to church, and they don't know whether they'll survive that either. This is America. (coughs) Wow. Um Here's a tweet that Milt sent me. Women dismissing stories of assault with If that's assault then everyone I know has been assaulted are so close to getting the point. Yeah, probably everybody you know has been assaulted. Milt writes, I too have felt the reckoning is at hand, and though I can't imagine the vulnerability of being a woman, I know all too well the feeling of powerlessness in the face of the white male patriarchy. Milt is, is black. Thank you for sharing your rage. I'm so very sorry that my gender is the source of that rage. Maybe women should join blacks with the reparations movement. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Hey, I uh, apropos of absolutely nothing, I came up upon uh, this. Oh, wait a minute, too. Where was that thing that I sent myself? Uh... It didn't show up. Um, the idiot president has uh, now. I, I wondered how long he would be able to continue his, uh, you know, not attacking the woman. He, he he lost it this morning, and I I sent myself his tweet, but I can't I can't find it. So if you could find that, but he he said to he said, well if that's true, if that were she telling the truth, then with an assault so terrible, she would have gone to the authorities. I want to see the police reports and the, you know, again, still. So he's now openly attacking her. As I had said uh, earlier, if and when she appears before the committee, and I think that will happen. I don't think it will happen Monday. They're obviously now in some kind of negotiation. And... um If and when that happens, and if it's going to happen at 10 a.m., which it usually seems to, um, as I said, there will be no show that day next week because um, who the hell ain't going to be watching that? I know I will, although I might have to take a sedative before, during, and after. Yeah. Yeah. So I came upon this little thing. I said so. Colin Colin Jesus. It's just, I think it was in part um it was just part of a book review I was reading called how f- it was the book is called how f- how fascism works. Um and the guy who wrote this says that Donald Trump is, you know, definitely has a lot of the earmarks of authoritarian ultranationalism of, you know, the Mussolinis and Hitlers of the world, that he's very much comfortable in and part of uh, of that. But here was a little factoid that I, I should have known but it was nice to be reminded of it. And I specifically mention it now because there is news that uh, we could be heading into a big steelworker strike. You know, not many many blue-collar strikes these days anymore, not many blue-collar workers who are represented in a union but the United Steelworkers and U.S. Steel and one other company, I believe, have been in negotiations for a long time. It's come to, the, uh, uh, tens of thousands of steelworkers have voted uh, overwhelmingly uh, to authorize a strike. A strike has not yet been called, but I, I you know, we shouldn't be surprised if that happens. Anyway, as you know, Republicans hate unions. And they've done a damn good job hamstringing them. And Brett Kavanaugh and his ilk, if he gets on the court, God help unions. They're already, you know, they're, they've already got a boot on their throat. And uh, it could well be over. And in this book. The author, who's a professor at Yale, explains that Hitler, listen to this, to me it's fascinating, Hitler went after labor unions right off the bat. You know, he had targets. Unions were one. Jews, of course, were another. Uh, Commies were another. But labor unions... He went after them because, and here this is so important, he feared that labor unions, by virtue of what they were, would create solidarity among racially and religiously diverse workers. Labor unions bring all people who are laboring together. It doesn't matter their color. Well, in this country it did for a long time. It doesn't matter their religion, right, gender. Mm-hmm. Labor unions unite, uh, hence the word union. Labor unions unite people and united people are powerful and then this guy points out that the right to work movement which is one of those perfectly branded Republican assaults on workers that makes it sound like it's for workers. It's classic Republican branding. They're brilliant at it. Right-to-work laws, which essentially hobble unions, uh, keep them from establishing real unions where every worker is part of the union. And he points out, and I did not know this, that the right-to-work movement that only purpose is to cripple unions in the United States, began, has its roots in an effort by southern elites to divide black and white workers in the 1940s. All of a sudden, Blacks and whites in the South were try- workers because they sh- they knew they had common cause. They didn't see themselves as black and white. They saw themselves as workers for Mr. Who-knows-what. And there was a burgeoning labor movement that was transcending the usual divisions By race and oh my god Southern politicians, Southern business leaders white, white saw this and thought, gee whiz, this is this is potentially devastating to our system. We can't let this union of these two racially disparate groups just because they go to work at the same place. And so some genius comes up with right-to-work legislation, which will pretty much prevent a lot of unions from being able to get a toehold. Divide and conquer, it's what the guys up there have relied on forever. Taking the exploited little people and setting them at each other while the guys up there make off with the treasure. It's such an old game plan and it works over and over and over again it prevents america's working class and poor from seeing themselves as a common afflicted group because the racial stuff is always being just you know inserted you think russian bots on to something new? No, no. They're just doing, the Russian bots are doing the same thing. Divide and conquer. Cause trouble in what should be a united group. Start plucking people out and setting this one against that one. That's how unions have been crippled. I did not know That right to works, Genesis, was in the fear in the 1940s that workers were starting to maybe overcome their racial division because they saw that they were both black and white being exploited. And that they, if they got together, would be a force. It's amazing. Thank you, Milton. He's found Trump's uh, tweet. I have no doubt, the president said, If the attack on Dr. Ford was as bad as she says, charges would have been immediately filed with local law enforcement authorities by either her or her loving parents. I ask that she bring those filings forward so that we can learn the date, the time, and the place. Here is something from one of you, and she has asked her name not to be uh, used. She says, thank you for talking about this this morning. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Is it simply pervasive misogyny? Yeah. Yeah. sexual harassment, gradations of assault, I just don't know anymore. Years ago, my best friend and I ventured into downtown Pittsburgh as soon as we turned 16 so we could find our first jobs other than babysitting. We landed at a local fast food establishment which is no longer in existence. It was in the red light district of the city, but we didn't know that. On my first day on the job, the (coughs) The manager approached me to show me something. It was a fried corn dog slathered with tartar sauce, and of course he made a lewd comment about what it represented. Welcome to the work world. Later, my friend and I realized that a massage parlor was the upstairs resident in the building. Many interesting characters wandered into our fast food place, perplexed because they wondered where the movies and masseuses were. Later, when I was sexually assaulted in a stairwell at school, the people I worked with at the fast food place were the most helpful and sympathetic at the time. My school had no idea how to deal with the assault or me, but my odd group of co-workers unquestioningly comforted me and let me know it was not my fault. This was confusing to me, but at least they still treated me like me. That wasn't the end of sexual harassment or assault for me, but these those incidents certainly stand out in my mind. I think a lot of us women are feeling like we do not really know where to put our anger. It's so frustrating. The behavior of our leaders is appalling. And I dread the upcoming hearing because I fear it will be another Anita Hill moment, a parody of justice and further confirmation that women simply do not matter. To feel that I have fought my entire life for women's value and rights only to see this unfold is crushing. Boy, there's a verb, yeah crushing we need to hold each other up and keep fighting i guess onward thank you very much that was beautifully written and thank you you know um i saw a statistic that said that 45% of white women in this country still support Donald Trump. What is that, like Stockholm Syndrome? What is that? I think what it says, if 45% of white women, by the way, 99% of black women want him out. So we had only 55% of white women. But I think what that says my guess is is a lot for a lot of them i think race their racism transcends their identity as a woman with other women they don't have a sense of sisterhood or they identify with the men and I, and i under, i identified with the men most of my life I was never a girly girl. I still to this day have trouble in the company of tons of women because I just don't enjoy often the sort of girlish conversation. I'm not into it. Never have been. Throughout my life, a lot of major friends have been men. Which is not to say that I don't have women friends, but... um, I think there are a lot of women who I I just it is incomprehensible to me that any woman who has any sense of her value, her personhood and value would be able to vote for that most disgusting of men. I just can't comprehend it, but there you have it. And those 45% of white women will not be on Dr. Blasey Ford's side. They will be the women who will question her account, who will question, who will take the man's side always, always. And maybe there's something to be said that people want to identify with power and women have long known that since they don't have power, a lot of women have decided that the power they have is their sexuality, is their attractiveness to men who have power. It's why women will marry disgusting men because they've, they've internalized this sense that the only way I'm going to get any of my share is by tolerating being with this man who has money, has standing. I mean I have never been able to comprehend that but I think on a, some level I do understand The calculation that they are making. So, unbelievable. Not. Little Tony writes that the president is saying this about a 15 year old girl. Is he that stupid? It's not stupid. He is the nastiest person that I think we've all been, you know, communally subjected to. Someone who can't even, I think my brother brought this up, can't even fake empathy. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of jerks out there who know how to, and a lot of them are politicians who know how to say the right thing at the right time who know how to feign interest sympathy trump is so off the charts reprehensible that he can not feign pretend play at he's incapable of even pretending it and that is why i was so stunned that his handlers had handled him on this thing he did not say a disparaging word i probably think he probably thinks he still hasn't said a disparaging word about this woman but he's incapable of comprehending any other human beings pain surely everybody knows that (sighs) well too late for me to get into something new i do have other stuff here oh there was like two really interesting bird things i read this this week um and I think they both came from uh, WESA's uh, little, uh, whatever they call it. I don't know what just. But, you know, the crows that, n- that are in the tree, I have crows. They say that in the East End, and I w- it's my neighborhood, These you, you, some trees look like crow trees sometimes. I mean, even when the leaves are off them, you, there's like 500 crows sitting in the branches. It's it's really beautiful, I think. But they, they meet around dusk, sometimes in my yard, and the noise is deafening. But there was an article about why they're doing that. Um, and then there was another article today about chimney swifts. Those are tiny little birds. And that was fascinating because they, too, congregate. And chimney swifts are somewhat akin to hummingbirds in that they cannot land on their feet. they got tiny little feet, and the only way that they can rest is clinging vertically to a rough surface like a chimney, like a brick chimney. And... I'm out of time. I don't have time to get into all of this with you, but it's it was fascinating stuff. And I don't consider myself a you know bird watcher, but wow, neat stuff. And uh, so let's let's end with uh, with that. And um, and I Mary, I don't have time for. Yours, but will I'll definitely read it after. Thank you all, and um, if for some reason there is a, a, a hearing on Monday, um, there will be no show. Unless I mean only if she testifies. I mean I'm not I, I I'm not doing it if they have some kangaroo court with Brett Kavanaugh showing up and she does and she isn't there, but. I don't think it will be Monday, so I'll probably see you Monday and have a great weekend, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.